0: guys and welcome to this week's episode of the In The Hood podcast brought to you by Playbox Technology UK. Today I'll be speaking with Matt Loons, a hugely accomplished broadcast engineer and technical supervisor. Matt's expertise has seen him work with the likes of Formula One as well as getting involved with projects like the 2012 Olympics and huge live music events. Hope you enjoy this episode. So, welcome to the In the Hood podcast, Matt. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well, glad of the uh, break from decorating.
0: So, just to fill in any anyone in, um, we've just had Easter weekend, haven't we? And that, uh, well, you were doomed to a a weekend of decorating, weren't you, Matt? I've I've, I've been doomed to months of decorating. <laughs> oh, is. is that a, a, a new house that, that you're in, or, or is it a, a project? No, no,
1: it, it's it's the fact that um, work work's been you know fairly quiet for the last couple of months mm-hmm. and uh my wife doesn't like to see me sitting around on the sofa so uh so she keeps me busy <laughs> yes.
0: oh, i love it all right um yeah so just before we get started then uh matt with, with the kind of main questions that we've got uh, could you just kind of briefly kind of fill us in on how you got involved in the broadcasting industry
1: um i probably took a slightly different route to a lot of people so uh, after school i went to drama school and i worked in the theatre. Um, I worked in the West End for a while and uh, I very quickly realised it, w- it was hard work, long hours and very little pay. Um, I saw an advert as a, a trainee camera engineer with a company called Creative Technology, applied, got the job and just worked my way up from trainee engineer to Guaranteeing their OB trucks, and and that was kind of my first sort of step into the broadcast world, as opposed to live events, which was um, which what I'd, I'd mainly been doing before uh, before I started working on the OB.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't kind of like a uh, a grand plan or a, a kind of dream that you'd been wanting to fulfil since you were five or something like that. It was just kind of a uh, you know you happened upon it.
1: I I. I I can't. I can't say that I've, I've dreamed of working uh, working in television from a young age. It uh, yeah. se- theatre was my first love, and I've got a bit of a um, sort of historical family uh, connection to the theatre, going oh, okay. back to the musical days. Uh, whether that had anything to do with it or not, I, I don't know. It could, it could
0: well be in the genes, couldn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, and yeah, just kind of moving alongside that, uh, what is it about the kind of broadcasting industry and, and live events that you find so compelling? You know, why have you chosen that to be your career, and why have you stayed in it?
1: I I enjoy it. it, it it's the main thing. The, the live events. Uh, a lot of a lot of what I did was music and big events, and the live side of things. You you get one go at it. Yeah. Uh, and you get a buzz, or I, I, you know, I get a buzz out of doing doing a live show and and doing it well, and, and that's kind of kept me kept me interested. There's there's travel, plenty of travel. I've been lucky enough to travel the world, and someone else played for it. <laughs> um, and at the moment, most most of my work at the moment is sport. I, I, I love sport, so. You know, the, to yeah. be paid to watch sport is—I you know, I consider myself very lucky.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, just the kind of just out of curiosity—is—is is there any pressure for you anymore when, when you kind of work on these live events, or is it just kind of like second nature now?
1: Yeah, it's, it's second nature now. Doesn't mean I enjoy it any less. I—I um, I guess I probably enjoy it a little bit more because there's not that pressure, so you feel slightly more relaxed doing it. The people that I've, I've worked with, are, you know, there's, I, th- I think we're all quite transient. We, you might work with someone on three different jobs in the space of three weeks and then not see them for a couple of years. But when you do see them again, you just kind of drop back into the, the friendship and the relationship you had. Two years ago, uh, yeah. and and I, I I enjoy that you're not not sitting at a desk looking at the same person day after day, week after week. It's and it, it, it keeps it varying, keeps it interesting.
0: So obviously, Matt, you've worked on your, your fair share of, of live events throughout your career, and I I just wanted to ask with all the kind of technological advancements um, that you have witnessed in your career and throughout your career. Is there any way to kind of foolproof the broadcasting of live events? Because I know so much can go wrong. Um, has technology, you know, helped in any way uh, to to completely foolproof live events and, and broadcasting?
1: I, I don't think you can completely foolproof anything. There are there are so many points of failure in in the chain, and you can only control a certain number of those links. There, there's always always something beyond your control and the weather for example there was I can't remember I think it was a game in the Euros or a World Cup where the IBC flooded and there were no (laughs) pictures coming out of the ground now there's nothing anyone can do about that I've worked on on jobs where you're taking house power and the house power fails (laughs) (laughs) there are there are those things sabotage was another one we were doing a a job where we had to park in the street, and someone didn't like us parking a truck outside their house. And during the event, they came outside, opened the power locker, and threw the breakers. So you, you can only control what you can control. Kit has become more reliable um, the, these days compared to 30 years ago. So that's less of an issue. You still have backups, whether it's in your signal path, power supplies, uh, generators. So so that you can – you you have a certain amount of control over that, but uh, yeah. I don't think you can ever completely foolproof uh, a broadcast or an event. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, I agree. I think there's so many kind of factors working against you, aren't there, and so many external factors. Um, and I, I can't believe someone, you know, obviously threw the power in that OB truck. Um, outside their house,
1: one of the factors it was a small venue, and we park on the road outside the back of the venue, and, and say so someone couldn't park their car outside their house, so uh, they, um, <laughs> they they took it out on the on the power cabinet. Jesus,
0: um, yeah. So uh, uh, with all the, these events that you have worked on throughout the years, uh, has there been a kind of particular highlight or, or, or highlights for you in your career?
1: Many events I've I've enjoyed. Enjoyed doing um, Oasis at Nebulus in '96 was was a big one. I, I mean, I'm a big Oasis fan, so it's perfect. Then, that isn't it? that yeah. was brilliant, and that I mean that happened to coincide with the due date of my first son. Oh, but I, I made it, I made it clear to my wife that I, I was going to be at Nebulus. What a dilemma! You know, yeah, <laughs> the, baby, the baby will be late. Um, I'm, I'm going to be at Nebworth. Um Live 8 in 2005 was um, special, not just because of what the event stood for, but the bands that, that were playing were were the, the, the biggest bands around at the time. The Olympics was fabulous. I'm, in 2012, uh, I was lucky enough to have a pass for all the venues because yeah. I was going to take support for the um, sports presentation. Yes, yeah service that was provided so I kind of just set myself up in the middle of London somewhere and if someone phoned with a problem I could head off to whichever venue they were so uh, again very lucky to see Team GB win lots of goals Um, uh, that that was that was brilliant the Bahrain air show the first Bahrain air show that we did was was memorable because of the challenges we, we faced we were we were lucky to have a uh, a direct called Jim Ramsey who was very patient and very understanding of uh, uh, myself and the other another engineer Dean Ruffy. we were using a local truck uh, with local people who who didn't always work the same way as, as as we were used to but we overcame many problems and and put on a, a yeah you know, put on a decent show and went back in subsequent years. So, so those, those were the events that kind of stand out in, uh, in my mind and um, not an engineering one, but I was uh, lucky enough to direct the screen mix for the Brits in 97 with Gary Hallowell and her iconic Union Jack dress. Blimey.
0: So yeah, so obviously the, the the previous projects that you mentioned, I, I'm guessing that was more in a kind of engineering sense, um, and working on those in a kind of engineering sense. So yeah. with with that, how how did the transition happen between engineer to to director?
1: I I've been engineering the tour which got extended, and the director was going off to get married at the end of the tour, so he couldn't he couldn't finish the tour. So he said, "You've seen the show thirty six times." You you might as well you know you're in a better position than anyone else to direct it, which I did. Uh, I did a few other um, concerts doing made mixes, and uh, the Brits in '97 were being organised by a guy called Chris Saunders from a company called Oglehog. Uh, he's a broadcasting event video specialist, and he, he's your go-to man if you're you know if you're doing a, a, an event with big screens. Um and he asked me if I would uh, if I'd do the mix for the Brits in ninety seven and of course I jumped at the opportunity and was grateful to him for for giving me the chance.
0: And Matt, just on a kind of slightly different different topic, obviously throughout your career you've worked on I don't even want to count how many how many different events and stuff like that. But what do you think has been the single biggest change um in the industry that you've seen throughout your career?
1: It's difficult to say the single biggest change. Was he going digital uh, from analog, uh, allowed tapeless recordings and playback? Which the number of jobs I've have, have done where you end up back many years ago, companies would want to ISO every single camera and do a TX record, and you're changing tapes every ninety minutes, and there's an event that goes on all day, and and there's a huge box of tapes at the end of the day that you give to the client and, and you kind of wonder if they ever get watched, if they just sit on a shelf. Now you can give them a couple of hard drives and if two people want copies, you record two hard drives with us. It, it, it's, it's much easier in, in that respect. Um, the other other fantastic you know, advent in the broadcast world for me was Sky+. Plus. It meant if if I'm away on a job for a week, two weeks, I can say, I want to record that series, I want to record that film programme. And you know that when you come back, you, know, you, you, and you do have a day off and you want to binge watch something, everything, everything was there. So I think that's, uh, you yeah, know, that, they're the kind of the biggest changes, I think.
0: So moving, obviously, from what you were primarily working on, which was live events, um, and I, I know you've had some experience in the kind of uh, pre-planned and the scheduled side of broadcasting as well. Is there which do you prefer working on, and, and do you have any reasons why?
1: I, I enjoy both. Uh, if you're doing a live event, or if you're doing live, you, you're you're making the event. If you're doing broadcast, you're covering the event Uh, there's a subtle difference of if you're doing a show at the o2 the live side of it you'll probably be sat at the side of the stage or under the stage with your kit and and you you're part of the production but if you're recording that event you're probably sat in a truck outside somewhere and you're a, a, a a little remote from from the event that's going on and, and you I think you miss out on a little bit of the atmosphere. Yeah. But yeah, you're probably in a more comfortable truck rather than sitting on the edge of a flight case that's air conditioned as opposed to being you know freezing cold or boiling hot. You haven't got to necessarily listen to the PA pumping out white noise or pink noise or whatever else they, they decide to, to Pump out. So uh, there, there's you know, slight differences. Sometimes being on the broadcast side may be a bit better. Sometimes being on the live event, you know, Glastonbury in the mud is, is probably horrible when you're when you're part of the live event. Whereas if you're a truck parked up on some trackway or hard standing somewhere, it's uh, it's. A, you know, it's probably better to be in, in, in the truck
0: in that case. Yeah, no, it definitely seems like there's there's merits to both, isn't there? And it's something that with the live events, you can't easily kind of make up that atmosphere um, and and what happens during those events. So, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Um, So, Matt, this is a question that we ask you at the end of every podcast, and it's just if you could sum it up in one word, what do you envision for the future of the broadcasting industry? <sighs> No, I know it's quite in, a tough one. So.
1: In one word, uh, I think it's delivery. I think delivery. the way pictures are going to be delivered in the future will be the the change most. Live life broadcasts on television won't change. People want to sit down and they want to watch a whole event, whether it's football match, Formula One race, cricket match, whatever but i think more uh, more footage will be viewed on a tablet or a mobile phone shorter clips through social media rather than someone might get a notification on their phone and it says being so and so a goal's been scored in in this this match and you can watch the 20 seconds of that goal being scored or you know a uh, a wicket being taken in a cricket match, or a you know, brilliant hole in one at a golf event, something like that. So, I think that's how how content will be viewed going forward. And, and so, I think the, the delivery of uh, of broadcast pictures is is where the major change will come.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, and I've been reading a lot about it recently. And it's just how kind of bulletproof the live broadcasts are for the people who obviously want to watch the entire thing um, live. But then, just how that's being segmented into, like you said, you know, we've had highlights and stuff like that, and match of the day for for many years now. Um, but the way that's distributed as well through social media and stuff like that, I think we'll be seeing some uh, some rapid change in that. So I completely agree.
1: Feeds that go out on social media, people want different footage, within camera angles different view to what is being pumped out uh, in, in the live broadcast. And so I think there's, there's scope for more more cameras at events.
0: Cameras Actually, at events yeah. Events no, definitely.
1: Which will feed purely social media, feed into the social media side of things rather than the,
0: the broadcast. And behind the scenes as well, that's, you know, not that I thought it was going to go anywhere, you know, it was ever going to go away. But you know there's, there's still a lot of interest in behind the scenes footage as well and, and like you said, different angles, um, off the record type stuff, which I, I find quite interesting because um, people will still go out of their way to go and find that content about about productions they care about. Um, but yeah, I just find that interesting.
1: I, I, I think you're right. it kind of demystifies raw well, Yeah, definitely. I, I think a lot of people will quite happily sit and watch live events on on the television. And some will just watch it, consume it, and enjoy it and go away and, and yeah, so. thoroughly enjoy that. Other people will sit there and go, I wonder how they did that. Yeah. And, and I think most people would probably be surprised at the scale of production, that yeah. is, the number of engineers involved in the camera side of things, VT production, from runners all the way down to directors what or the number of people and what their individual jobs are and how they all come together to work as a team to produce um, a, 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 a broadcast sorry about that
0: <laughs> so just to finish on then Matt are there any exciting projects that you've got in the pipeline that you can talk to us about
1: yeah uh, not, not really. The the summer is is getting busier, and it's going to be a summer of sport again, which is mainly Formula One, golf, cricket, a uh, couple of matches at the Euros uh, coming up. Um, yeah, the other thing I'd like to kind of add would be about the live events industry and the past twelve months how. How much everyone has has suffered it's a it's a massive industry over over a million people work in it it brings billions into the u k uh, economy and it's not just lighting sound video uh, people like that there's staging tracking security security catering hotels. the recent negotiations with the eu are uh, going to make it very difficult for people in the UK to tour Europe these days, uh, and it's just an event where the UK is, is a world leader, and it's suffered massively in the last twelve months. And everyone needs to to do what they can do to support those events when they when they come back. If it's a band playing at your local pub. Or whether it's Taylor Swift playing at Glastonbury, Every, everyone everyone needs live events to happen. Um, so for the industry, for the UK, it, it, it's it's very important. And it's just a you know, a shout out really to those guys that have have had no work for the, for the last twelve months. They need they need the support from uh, from people that are able to to
0: give that support. Yeah. I know, I know of some, there's some brilliant kind of charities and organizations out there that are, you know, helping to fund these people um, and fund projects and stuff like that during this time. And it, it was just a relief to hear that you've, you've got sporting projects lined up and stuff like that. Cause it's, you know, so often last year we were hearing, you know, oh, it's, it's looking a bit desolate for the next few months and stuff like that. So different to the previous years. So it's, it's just a relief to kind of hear that, that some normal is coming back really and we're getting some of those events like like you know the euros and formula 1 and stuff back to normal.
1: Yeah, I think there was uh, a, a lot of organizations at like the FIA for motor racing, the ECB for cricket, the Premier League for football who who worked phenomenally hard to get those events on. Obviously there's the the financial implications of of not staging them which was probably quite a, a driving force. But the the position of the infrastructure that they put in place to enable crews to turn up uh, and be tested to work in a safe environment and, and to be able to bring those you know, the pictures to the people that weren't able to go out was was, was I think was very important and, and, and so production companies and the the sporting federations worked very hard and did a, did a fantastic job to, uh, to, to get sport back on television from about June of last year in, in a very short period of time. They, uh, they, they really you know pulled the stops out and, and did a fantastic job.
0: Yeah. No, some fantastic work. And I, I really just can't wait for this summer. Um, and I hope everything just gets straight back to normal then. Um, So Matt, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, uh, how, how can they best do that?
1: Uh, Email mloons at iCloud.com. It's probably
0: the best. Uh, and you're, on, you're over on LinkedIn as well. I am
1: on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, so you, uh, yeah. you know hit me up on that if um, if you want to.
0: Well, I suspect if if you know um, people who know about you basically, if they need these like really good you know live event work and stuff like that and engineering, they'll they'll already probably know your name, won't they? They're,
1: they're, yeah, they hope hopefully
0: there's a, there's a, <laughs> yeah.
1: a few of us that, that do the rounds and. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully yeah, I mean, people uh,
0: people think well of us. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, so thank you very much, Matt, for for coming on and talking to us today. It's uh, it's much appreciated, and it's been a bit of a learning experience for me as well. Um, just to hear about the kind of goings on. Yeah, it's been it's
1: been
0: fun. Awesome, thank you, Matt. Cool. Cheers, Neil.